headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I am Ramsey personality, Rachel Cruz, co-hosting the show today with Ramsey personality and best-selling author, Christina Ellis. And so we are taking your calls at 888-825-5225. And we're talking about, yeah, your your relationships, your life, your money. And Christina and I are here. I have three little ones at home. She has two. So we talked about taking calls from yeah. you parents out there. If you have uh, child care questions or concerns uh, when it comes to money and the budget. We can talk all through that. That balance of being a mom and working. What does that look like in seasons of life? Anything and everything related to the little the little children. Yes. Especially for those of you who are in the thick of it like us. Yes. That's we were right. Just talking about childcare and babysitters and, and just all of it on the break, just for our own personal lives. So yep. we'd love to talk about it with you here on air. Kids getting their tonsils out, the <laughs> right. whole thing. We're experiencing it all here in our houses. <laughs> so yeah, give us a call at triple eight eight two five five two two five. All right, starting us off this hour, we have Mike in Las Vegas. Hey Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you as well, Mike. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, thank you guys for taking my call. So, um, yeah, longtime listener. Uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, basically, without getting too lost in the weeds, my question is I'm um, on the verge of receiving a, um inheritance that I was listed as a beneficiary for, um, which will come out to about 40, 40K, 40,000 in total, um, I was in a bit of a financial rut a couple of years ago that I worked myself out of. Um, and so I currently, I guess the crux of the question is how to best like allocate that money. Um, currently working full time. Um, I have about $10,000 left in student loans. I've brought it down from about 50 K to 10,000. Um, I have about $8,000 left on a car payment or a car loan. Uh, no credit card debt. Um, I rent, so there's no mortgage. Um, and I am currently in school working towards a, um, a master's degree in computer science, and that's going to be about another eight grand left that I have to pay for the uh, entirety of this first year um, into you know year two. And so those are kind of some of the bigger ticket items I'm looking at. Um, and just wanted to see what your thoughts were on how to best kind of attack these different remaining debts um, and you know uh, other kind of things and where to kind of allocate those funds. Yeah, that's great. Well, Mike, great job working your way from fifty thousand dollars of student loans down to ten. Well done. Thanks. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and what a gift uh, when it comes to this inheritance. Was it someone that you were were, were close to that passed recently? When I was younger, yeah, um, much <clears throat> closer to was my my aunt, um, and she passed earlier in the in the year, uh, and so I, you know, along with other family members, was listed as a beneficiary, and so it was just, um, you know, one of those things I've never really been through that process before, and so I'm trying to just understand, okay, you know, where can I use this? you know, wisely insofar as like, you know, the allocation is concerned. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry for, um, for her passing and your loss. Um, but what a, what a, what a beautiful, um, legacy though, that she left and that you're able to, to use this money, uh, not just to go and, 
yacht around the Mediterranean <laughs> and spend it all, uh, but to really use it to, to benefit your life and to get you in a better situation financially. So I think it's a it's a great question, and I and I always appreciate that because well, we talk about legacy here so often, and when you can use it for something so great for you and even your your future family, um, I think it's just a beautiful picture. So uh, I'm thankful well, you called. Yeah, and because of the work you've already done and paying off those other student loans, it's you're really going to be able to knock out potentially all your debt with this, which would be even more beneficial with the legacy. It's like you'll have something really beautiful and concrete to cross the yes. finish line with this inheritance. Definitely. That's right. Yeah, and that that's one of the bigger things is really kind of knocking that debt out, which I could I could do currently just with my like salary. I could I'm working towards that. Um but you know with the um one of the kind of questions I had and I know I've heard Dave talk about this on on the show, but um the big kind of X factor I was hoping you guys could touch touch on and I know what he said, which is whether this remaining ten thousand balance, which I qualify for, um, you know that student loan forgiveness thing that may or may not come through, and you yeah. can't, you know, ever bet on that. But sure. if that does come through, do yeah. I, you know, how how do how do I factor that in? Yeah, totally. Well, so if I woke up in your shoes tomorrow, Mike, and I had this forty thousand dollars, I would go ahead and pay off the ten k student loan, pay off the car take eight grand from that and keep it for the rest of your master's that you said you need. And that leaves you $14,000 left. And that's a great, uh, depending on your expenses, you know, emergency fund. Uh, so you could be well on your way just to baby steps four, five, and six, um, you know, well beyond that, which is amazing with this, with this money. So with the student loan forgiveness, I wouldn't wait on it. If it does actually go through, which is a big, a big question, if it will, obviously. Uh, if it does though, they will refund you uh, the money if you want that. So if you pay it off now, you can still apply for a refund uh, and still and still get that. So if that's something you wanted to do, you could still get that money if you decide to go that route. Yeah, that kind of gives Not you yet. the best of both worlds. You can kind of get that yeah. debt wiped out straight away and then also get it back if that ends up being a thing. And I mean, we should find out pretty soon. They've said literally at the beginning of October, the application should be out. So we're all kind of waiting on pins and needles in this space, kind of right. going, okay, is this going to happen? When's it going to happen? How's it going to look? So, I mean, potentially in the next month, we should have some pretty concrete info. So maybe like if you want to wait a month, um, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing just to see if this actually goes through, but also just paying it off now and getting that refund could give you that peace of mind and you could be yeah into the next step because there's something to mike i mean and people got mad at me when i said this on the show a few weeks ago but it's just the truth for me i'm like there's something proactive that you've already been doing mike like you've already paid off fifty thousand dollars like there's something proactive about life and when people really win they have this mindset that they don't wait on someone else to take care of them they just do it like they just do it and you're handed forty thousand dollars a beautiful gift so I'm like, do something proactive with it. And so for me, I'm like, man, that same motivation um, and that same, you know, proactiveness that got you here, Mike, could still propel you forward. And again, if it all goes through and in six months you apply for the refund, you get the 10K back or whatever it is, then good for you. That's awesome. Then you can apply that to to investing or, or maybe a down payment on a mortgage. Uh, but I would just hate to keep waiting and waiting and waiting and be in, in that mindset and it's almost that more passive approach than proactive approach. So I think that, um, yeah, I would use this and go right down that list of cars, student loan, 8K set aside for grad school. Mm-hmm. And then you still got 14 left to to use as an emergency fund. So I think that you're in an cr- incredible position to do some incredible moves right now financially. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So great. Thanks, Mike, for calling. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We are taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Up next, we have Molly in Boise, Idaho. Hey, Molly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. How can we help? Um, So we are California transplants. We're one of those. Oh, yes. Uh, We know you, Molly. We know you all too well. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. So we're building a house here in Idaho. We signed our contract about a year ago we got locked into our interest rate at 3.875 when it goes from construction to mortgage however our lock is going to expire one month before the house is done oh no like pain (laughs) and we're now being quoted a rate at 7.5 percent which is again more pain yeah for (laughs) sure for sure it definitely knocks out that 25% household income level for our mortgage. Um, So we've been like looking into other options. Um, This option makes me cringe a bit being a Ramsey girl, (laughs) but um, we were suggested to look into a five-year interest only arm just to see what happens within the next few years and decide if interest rates go down and refi to a traditional mortgage or sell the house then. Okay. Um, Molly, tell me this, how much, yeah, how much was, how much do you guys bring home a month? Um, roughly 10,000. Okay. And what, what is your mortgage payment currently on the construction loan with the three points? Currently we're just, uh, it would have been 2,900 a month. Oh, it would have. Yes. And then what will it be now? About 43. Yeah. And um, more bonus, we are expecting our first baby in three weeks. So I have a wonderful pregnancy brain on top of it. (laughs) Well, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, What do you and your husband do for a living? Um, I work for a company that sells microshares and racehorses. Okay. Very exciting. Um, And my husband works um, in fly fishing. Okay. That's awesome. Um, cause I'm just trying to see it all of this movement of the 10 grand, uh, a month that you guys bring home, if there's going to be any, um, 
Like if you see any upwardness in that dollar amount when it comes to your careers and saying, okay, here in the next like maybe two, three years, do you see a significant change in that income at all? Um, there's potential for it. Um, the company that I work for purchased my old company. So I got quite a good stock option in that. Um, so there's money there. And then there's also, I have upward mobility that I can move and make more money. Um, but I don't see it being so significant to sure. that yeah, percentage for- would become 25. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Have you had conversations with the, or I guess what have your conversations with the builder looked like just in terms of timeline and kind of what their reasoning is for the, the timeline being a bit longer? What's kind of their feedback on all this? COVID. Interesting. <laughs> to sum it all up, all their excuses are supply chains, COVID, it slowed us down. They were supposed to have it done in six months. It's now going to be done in over a year. So it's just like... Do you in one of those things? Whenever you have you talked to them about this this timeline and when when it expires, um, about mm-hmm. like if if there's any chance they could get it done a month earlier, what's kind of their thoughts on that? Is it just like a hard no? It's a hard no, unfortunately. Like we to get it to where it is, where it's only a month longer, was them moving it up as much as they possibly could. I'm also wondering, like, is there any chance that they could like offer an incentive? Because obviously they don't want to lose you at this point. Like you're already under contract for this house they want to sell this house you know other people are feeling the pain of interest rates changing is there any sort of incentive of like buying down the rate or something they could offer you to kind of help this out like if they could buy it down from 7.5 to 5 percent um is that a possibility that you've explored at this point i have not explored it i'll definitely ask them about it i have a feeling it's not going to fly. Um, the way that their contract is written is very much covering their butt, no matter what happens. So, but unfortunately, like they're they're not going to be covered if you, if they lose you as a buyer, like that's going to be, you know, a loss for them as well. So I just wonder from a negotiation perspective, um, if you can kind of just sit down with them, you know, it's going to be a little bit nerve wracking because you're emotionally invested. I can hear it in your voice. It's scary Mm -hmm. to think about losing your house, but, um, I don't know whether, you know, it's better for you to have the conversation or your husband, but go in with a little bit of hardball of like, hey, these delays, we are not responsible for these delays. Like we could potentially end up losing this house and have to walk away. That'll be a loss for both of us. So what can we do now? What can you offer us? How can you help us make this situation work out? Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry you're in the situation, um, though. That's no, that's hard, especially with a baby coming, being moms that Ugh. last month is so vulnerable and you just want to nest and be comfortable. So I'm just, yeah, my heart goes out to you. I mean, one, one very positive thing is we are, we have an insane amount of equity in this house. Like since we've been building it to now, like, um, just to give you some numbers, we're in for 675 and a house down the street that's 600 square feet less than ours, two bedrooms less, just sold for 1.1. 1. 1. Oh, wow. So we are looking really good in that area. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you did have to turn around and sell it, uh, mm-hmm. that was gonna be my question. So you're going to get, I mean, you're going <laughs> to almost doubled, but it's yeah. amazing. Uh, and I know you probably don't want to go through the whole process of, uh, building again or something, but that does give you the options to actually let this home or your future home be a blessing. Cause yeah, Molly, I, I just, I, I don't want to get, I don't want you to get an arm, uh, 
for mortgage, it, the adjustable rate mortgage is just that is a gamble. Uh, I would not recommend yeah, that. I mean, like, and then, yeah, I and I don't, it. yeah, <laughs> and, and then you moving in with a new baby, you guys making 10 grands and almost half of it going right back out into this mortgage payment. This house, what was supposed to be a, a blessing and a wonderful thing and a gift and an exciting dream is going to end up being a nightmare and it's going to be stressful. You're going to be frustrated that you don't have more margin in your budget to do stuff. I mean, it's it's going to it's going to pull so much where you don't have the margin that you could if the numbers look different. And so at that point, you know, there's where a house is not worth it. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that specific house in a scenario like mm -hmm. that. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of other options for you, whether it's what Christina said or and, and seven point five. that feels like a high interest rate, too. I mean, I yeah. know I know rates are going up, but even if it was closer to that five and I don't know if you can go shop that or look at different options when it comes to that um I mean I would do as much research turn over as many rocks as possible before you make that decision but if it gets down to it and that this is still the final situation uh then like you said the silver lining is you're gonna have some incredible equity um to be able to go and do something else are you guys currently renting or do you do you own the home that you're in right now we are renting a one-bedroom Airbnb. So oh, it's getting okay. very cozy here with the baby. Cozy. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. That's great. And two dogs. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah, I, I would probably, which is a heartbreak, but but look to see, you know, what else is on the market and what else you guys could do. Um, are you, do you guys have any other consumer debt? No. We no. are baby steps three, four, five. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, awesome. four, five, six. Four, five, six. Four, five, yeah. Six. No, you're great. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and with that option of having that amazing equity, if the option ends up being that it's going to be best to sell the home and you've kind of worked yourself through the emotions of this may be a thing, we may have to end up getting the home, then selling it and taking out this equity. I think that could give you even more confidence in the negotiations. Like if you do go to the builder and you're like, hey, this is where we're at. Like if you end up knowing you're going to keep the house and sell it anyways, like just giving you a little bit more confidence in that negotiation of saying like, hey, what can we work out? And even potentially shopping different lenders, talking to different lenders you locked in with these people a while back, but maybe there's someone else who can offer a different rate. Maybe your lender can offer up. Yeah, that's what rate. I was thinking, Molly. I would go talk. I would go talk and get get three different options on the table just to give you peace of mind that you're making the right decision. When it's a one track thing and this is my only option, this is all we have, that never gives you options and I just love options. So go search that out before anything. But I'm sorry, Molly, but congratulations on the new baby. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Newborn phase is hard, but it's great. But it's great. So thanks for calling. Great news. So our new studio sponsor, Pods Moving and Storage, wants to help one of you move for free. That's right. So just to get a quote at Pods, so get a quote at pods.com slash Ramsey between October 3rd and October 14th 
to enter to win. And it's really just that simple. And one of you listening right now will get a free move or a free storage rental that's up to a $5,000 value. So look, Pods just makes moving easier. It has flexibility that you need, the control you want, and the customer service that you deserve. If you're looking for a company that will help you move on your terms, Pods is the only Ramsey Trusted Moving provider out there. So go to pods.com slash Ramsey and enter to win a free moving or storage rental today. That's pods.com slash Ramsey. So Christina, as uh, we are two moms with little ones, uh, my oldest is in second grade. So she's in full-time school, public school, and it just... That's so great. It feels great. It feels great. You're like, wow, that's so Freedom. nice. Our second will go to kindergarten next year. And then Charles, he has two more years. So then, so I feel like we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of just kids being in full-time school. That's you know, five so Five days great. a week, which is great. Uh, but we've been in that season for seven years now of me working kind of on and off, depending on the, the season um, and, and how much travel I have. And you being a working mom now, you know, when you have little ones at home, there has to be someone there if you don't have a spouse that is staying home. And so for a lot of dual income families, which is a majority of Americans, a lot of Americans are a dual income family, you're having to look at options for childcare. And it is so expensive. We feel the pain of looking at the budget and knowing what it costs. And it's a real factor. And already people the margins are so slim in life, you know, because of inflation and everything we're dealing with in the economy, but also just the reality of the stats that we know of the personal finance state of a lot of people in this country of just living paycheck to paycheck with consumer debt, with wages not going as high as they were expecting. I mean, like, you know, you, you bundle it all together and it can feel very stressful. And you've pulled some stats, Christina, from this week of, yeah. of some of a survey, uh, a study that came out from care.com. Yeah, there's the 2022 cost of care survey. It reveals that the cost of childcare is higher for families in 2022. 51% of parents say they spend more than 20% of their household income on childcare. And 72% of parents report spending 10% or more. And they also say that the quality of childcare continues to be tough for parents to find. In fact, 43% of parents say it's harder to find childcare over the past year since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And parents continue to struggle to pay for childcare. 59% are more concerned about childcare costs now than a year prior, which is driving significant changes such as taking a second job, reducing hours at work, changing jobs, and leaving the workforce entirely. So it's such an important thing to talk about because I think a lot of people feel like they're struggling in this alone. They feel kind of overwhelmed and just kind of trying to trudge through it. But I mean, obviously, we want to give hope and encouragement. We've been there. I mean, for our family personally, I have a one and four-year-old. We've tried so many different forms of childcare from parents' day out programs to full-time childcare to um, having a nanny. It's like, it's a lot to kind of process. And I think it's so important to just bring these conversations to light because in my field, I've been talking about college for years and paying for college. And I see so many families stressing out about paying for college. And it's crazy to see the studies. The average cost of childcare per year for preschool is similar to the cost of in-state tuition at a public university. Yeah, which is wild. It's wild. Okay, what's the average public university right now? Tuition it's just so under ten thousand. Just under ten thousand a year, and that's what we're seeing with childcare yeah. <laughs> happening. Which is yeah. So if you're feeling that pull, that's a real pull. Like if you're yes. feeling that stress and that anxiety, that that is a real 
thing to talk about and discuss and to be super strategic and intentional with. That's right. And just like anything else in the budget, uh, looking to see, okay, what, uh, what are the, where are the ways that we can cut if we can? What are the different options out there that we may have to plug into different than we had to three, four years ago, you know, because life has changed and depending on your job, uh, your financial situation, you know, this may be an area in your budget where you say, okay, what if we look at some different options um, that actually may be able to save us what we're paying now, uh, which possibly could help. So there's a lot of different options out there Yeah, for families. Yeah, there's a lot of different options. I was telling Rachel on the break that even as an entrepreneur for so many years before I came to Ramsey, my husband and I tried some non-traditional options. For example, I would wake up for a season at 4 a.m. and work till nine and that you know, until my son woke up and then my husband got off at three and he would take him and then I'd go back to work. Yeah. And I know it wasn't ideal, but it saved us a lot of money and it allowed us to have a lot of time with our son, which was great and what we wanted in that season of life. And then we've tried full-time care at other times. So it's, it is definitely situation dependent. And I think it's good to kind of explore different options. Some people have family nearby. Some yeah. people have, you know, friends that maybe do a nanny share. There's just so many different options versus immediately signing up for that expensive daycare that's like around the yeah. block from you. For sure. For sure. Yeah. The nanny share thing is huge. I know a few friends that do this and it is helpful if you're able yeah. to split because you're able to do go a third right of the cost of what you would normally pay if you can get two other families with you if it is something like that um and sometimes it's more convenient like for yes for some people you know they're looking at a 15 20 minute commute to put their kid in a certain program versus a nanny share might be with your neighbors where all you have to do is like walk across the street to take your child to share the nanny with yes. you know your neighbors across the street yep and then there gets to be a point too christina we've talked to women on the show too that after paying for childcare or even the commute from where they're working, if they're working outside the home to somewhere else, to this, to this, that they just say, gosh, it just, it's easier for me just to go part-time and that I work two days a week and take that cut because of what we're saving in childcare and in compute and gas, all of it. So it's just, it is so dependent per family situations and everything, but, um, but it is, it's a huge part of people's budget and are part of our, both of our budgets <laughs> that we see when it comes to uh, being a mom and working. And so, um, yeah. It, it can be stressful. Yeah. And then also it's just important for people to explore different options that can like help with those costs. Some employers now are offering benefits for childcare. And so that could be a good conversation if you're looking into a new job. If you have a job and your benefits are pretty generous, you know, see if that's available. And if it's not, are they willing to negotiate that into your package? Because I mean, every little bit helps. If you can get an extra five to $10,000 a year to help with that, then that's amazing. And also talk to your HR department. Some employers offer dependent care accounts, mm -hmm. which then you can pay for your daycare and pre-tax dollars, which is obviously going to be a great savings. So just being really intentional to see what options are out there, you know, what could possibly, you know, what am I not thinking about? Are there any options outside of the box that could really make our lives easier and help our budgets? Yeah, for sure. And just to remember too, that, you know, everything is a season. Everything yes. is a season. And that's, you know, these costs aren't, unless you move to like private school and you're gonna be paying for education at that point or something, uh, kids are expensive. But if, you, if you're looking at it, or at least I am, I'm like, okay, you know, in my head, the amount of years that they're, that they're home and the days I'm working when I need help versus when they're gonna be full-time in school, right? Like that, that's a season. So it's not gonna be that forever expense, that daycare, uh, even though that expense can move too if you pay for right. a private school, <laughs> elementary school or something. Uh, but, uh, and also again, I've had friends that they're like, yeah, the pulling back thing is, is a real thing just to say, you know, maybe it's childcare expense and other things. 
uh, where they say, okay, for a season, for this two years, I'm going to do this a little differently just to kind of ease the burden of that of that bill. That And financially, we're going to cut the budget or people that say, hey, we're going all in and, our, and we're just going to have a tighter budget uh, during the season of having to put our kids in childcare, knowing that that's going to relieve, you know, have a little bit of relief here in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, for this season, I have a full-time stay-at-home dad husband, which is the right season for us right now. And like I've said, we've been through, it feels like all the different options, options at this yes. point. And for this season, that's what's right for us. That's right. And yeah, we're owning it. Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, the, the key word here is options. It's options. Don't just feel like you're stuck in one thing. Explore, ask people, look at different you know availabilities, whether it's a nanny share or even a different daycare, anything to kind of whew, give margin to the budget. If it's needed, uh, there are options out there, but it can be tough for sure. This is The Ramsey Show. The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Ramsey personality and bestselling author Christina Ellis. And we are taking your calls at 888 825 All right, up next, we have James in San Francisco. Hey, James, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. How are you guys doing? Absolutely. We're doing well. Thanks for calling. How can we help? Um, so my question in a nutshell is whether or not I should take out a loan for a family medical emergency that has just come up. Um, so I have, I have, um, I've saved up an emergency fund. I don't have any debt. Um, and I'm just working on saving up for a house right now. Um, there's about 50,000 with all of that and the medical emergency that came up, essentially my, um, fiance is from another country and she'll be here in a few months. Um, her mother was just diagnosed with cancer. And, um, so in the medical system, there is, is not very good. The the government medical system, um, her grandmother had passed away from, uh, having cancer and and being on that system. And it could take like months for treatment to come through. And so they've been trying to look for options, financing options, loans and things like that. And I essentially, have just enough with all of that, my emergency funds and what I've saved so far for a house to pay for the treatment and transplant that's needed. Mm. Um, what kind of I'm, cancer is it? Um, liver cancer. I'm not really sure what the exact type is. Okay. Where, Very where is she from? Information. You said she's from a different country. Um, yeah. South America. Okay. And is your fiance um, here in the States or is she living abroad as well? She's living abroad as well. She'll be here in a few months. We just got uh, approved for our visa a few weeks ago. Okay. What country specifically? I'm just curious. Um, Colombia. Okay. What is their What is their public health care system like? Um, so it's it's like a, I think it's like a free health care type of thing. I think uh, the citizens get just like very basic health care. Um, 
And essentially what it is, I know what her grandmother, what her grandmother had experienced is they'll pay for the treatments up to a certain expense. Um, and then once that, once they pay for it, once they run out of money for that, they basically tell you, you can only have treatment like every four months or something like that. Have they started into treatments um, right now? Have they started into that period of provided healthcare? They, well, they haven't done that provided healthcare. They've, they've, Basically, what most people do there is they go to private clinics or private hospitals because those are um, more equivalent to like the treatment you'd get here. It's just very, very expensive. And they've gone through one, they've started the chemotherapy process, um, but only one of them. And um, I'm not sure if they're going to continue it unless we can pay like an initial like $20,000. When are y'all, you said your fiance, when are y'all planning to get married? Um, early next year, as soon as she gets here, basically, we have like 90 days to, to do it. How long have you guys been together? A year and a half. Okay. I'm sorry y'all are going through that. That's hard when you're planning a wedding, you're trying mm-hmm. to move with yeah. your fiance over here. That's just a very heavy burden to try to process through, especially with you not being there. That's a lot to kind of work through. So have you... Yeah. And we'll have expenses when she comes, like, you know, moving and getting a furniture and getting married all that stuff yeah i'm trying to save up for that for sure um so james when you have um asked the questions about costs and everything when it comes to healthcare down there what answers are you getting is she looking to do a more private clinic type of um you know healthcare, or is she going to be staying in the public like when you say i have fifty thousand dollars saved and this can help put her through treatment is that have you have you run the math and you have all the facts and you know what the bills are going to be everything like you're you're pretty certain on that yeah pretty certain on it it's it's tw- it's, tw- it's 25,000 first uh and then another t- basically the 50,000 will pay for the treatment and transplant and then there's another $30,000 cost after that i guess that pays for the whole thing but it sounds like that extra cost is just once they get that 50 they kind of will take care of everything and then there's I'm assuming that extra is just paying um, paying the rest of it sort of as like a loan. Um, but yeah, they're looking at um, private health care because it sounds like if um, they go through the, the system, it, it, it might not turn out well, seeing as what happened to her grandmother. Sure, sure. Um, well, the only thing, the only like question mark I have in my head is I just don't know what healthcare looks like in Colombia, right? Like if this was in America, we could talk about insurance. We could talk about company, like we could have more of a directed path. So I don't, I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the healthcare system in Colombia. And so it would just be me taking your word that this amount is gonna be fine and that there's another $30,000, but they're going to waive that. Just like you said, like it all, I, I, I don't understand it all. Um, and so, I mean, what I would say to you, James is like, this is your money. Um, I want to say you're, you're not obligated right. to do anything, right? Um, like if this was your your wife, who I know she's about to be, uh, your your child, like you, when it comes to those kinds of relationships, like you would go above and beyond, right? And for some people, you know, their, their, their parents, extended family, you know, whatever it may be when it comes to medical expenses and if you have the means to be able to help in. I just don't want to put you in your situation in unsteady with an unsteady foundation. Um, so I'm thankful that you don't have debt. You you feel like you have margin in your budget because you've been able to save up this emergency fund and this is for your house. So if you made this move, 
um, and helped her with this and and really gifted her that $50,000. I think that that's extremely, extremely generous uh, and kind if that's if that's the decision you chose. But um, but also you want to be able to 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 know, OK, for my fiance and I, who's going to be my household, you know, what are we going to have to do? What moves um, are, are going to be on pause for us? Uh, a lot of things that you guys want to go forward will have to go on pause. So I want you to map that out as well. It's not saying that's a reason not to do it. Um, well, and I think like while this is a more emotional conversation, there's a lot more at stake to some to many extents. Um, it's still kind of a similar conversation that we have when an engaged couple like has somebody who wants to pay off their fiance's debt. Like until y'all are married, there's still a chance that this could not work out. And like yeah. if this relationship for some reason, I obviously hope it works out. But if it doesn't work out, you know, you you potentially have really impacted your own personal finances. Yeah. For the long term, I think I'd feel a little bit better if it was your wife that was down there, or you know, soon to be wife, and you're getting married in a month, and this is a conversation where you know you're going to for sure be a unit in the near future. I think it'd be a little bit of a different conversation, but there still is that risk of time. And she's not here; she doesn't have her paperwork done yet. She's not living here in the States yet. So it's just a lot could happen between now and then. And that's such a big amount of money that you've worked really hard to save up that could yeah, potentially be gone. Yeah. There's some, there's some caution there, James. I mean, honestly, and if there's any way, and again, I don't know how far, um, how, how, how in decline she is health wise, but I think that there's a safeguarding for you that if you guys were married, like Christina's saying, so I don't know if there's a way to to wait on some of this or maybe you give a small portion for now and then wait till you guys are married and and then you're able together as a couple to to send more yeah or even start in the public health care system use up those benefits you said that you know there's a certain extent to which is provided and then you they make you pay maybe do those for the time being until you all are married and she's here and things are a little bit more stable that's right. So yeah, it's just it's just being really wise about it, James. And again, it's not us being unkind or not generous. I just have those are some of the red flags that we have. Um, just you know where you are relationally with her, making sure that you know you guys are married. Because once you are, you know, then there is a little bit of that different conversation because you've have a vow with another person that you're going right. to do life together. And if that is like okay, we're going to do this for for your mother-in-law. Um, again, very generous and very kind if that's what you all decide and making sure there's no weird red flags with the healthcare system there that the money's actually going to her treatment. I mean, all of that, right? There's so many of those questions. Um, but again, if, if this all works out and you're able to help, I think it's a very generous thing. And money is a tool. That's what we, we use money in our lives uh, to help enhance our lives and to give to others. And so if this is the route you guys choose, it's very, very generous. Christina, great hour. Thanks to everyone in the booth. Thank you, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Have you been inspired to make a change with your money? Want to know where to start? Take our three-minute money quiz to get a plan you can follow. Go to RamseySolutions.com and search for Get Started to get a plan for your money. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like Ramsey Call of the Day. Check out our new Ramsey Call of the Day podcast. It'll give you a quick hit of advice about life and money in under 10 minutes. Listen to the Ramsey Call of the Day 
wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.